The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Good morning. Welcome back and welcome to the beginning of this week as we have the whole week ahead of us on this Monday. I hope you had a great weekend. Hope you had a great time in church, whether you went to it or watched online. And hope you were encouraged, whether you were with us or whether you were watching uh, your local church or at your local church. I greatly appreciate just the opportunity to be part of your day and hope this will be a help and encouragement to you. Uh, We are in Philippians still. We've been going through that now for a week or two. And uh, we're going to go verse by verse, section by section uh, for the next couple of weeks through this book, through this, what many consider one of the more practical books, the Pauline epistles often is very practical. Uh, those are. And so um, we've talked in the past about the fact that the theme through the book of Philippians is the theme of joy. What we've been talking about in this chapter is joy over circumstances. Paul's finding himself in jail. He's finding himself that other people are trying to mock him or take, if you can say, his place of prominence because of this. And uh, so now he, he's, he's teaching us how in the midst of even bad circumstances, we can see God's hand. And when you can see God's hand, that is really where you find joy. Remember, joy is not circumstantial. Joy is a foundation based upon the fact that God's still in control. Happiness is circumstantial. Joy is not necessarily. So we're going to continue. I'm just going to look at one verse today. Probably to me, uh, for many, and many call it the theme of the book, uh, the core verse of the book of Philippians, I would definitely say it's a book that I think that if we don't fully, it's a, sorry, it's a verse that if we understand is one of the most powerful verses as at the group, as a church. Of course, he's writing to a church, so it's one of the most needful, powerful verses. If it's followed, it's absolutely powerful. If it's not understood, not followed, well, it's just destructive. And that's and so it's something that Paul is trying to teach, and I hope we can gain the premise of what Paul's trying to teach. So it's Philippians chapter 1, verse 27. Uh, Paul says this, Only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ. The whether I come and see you, or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs, that ye stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. Let me, let me take a couple of things. There's a couple words in this translation that obviously we don't use a whole lot, at least not in this context. So let me break down what they are. At least one of these, so you get an idea of where we're going. He says, only let your conversation. The word conversation today, we think about it as a conversation back and forth talking. This word conversation means lifestyle, um, things you are participating in. When I hear of your affairs, when I hear of what you're doing, your actions, really, is what it comes down to. And uh, so let's go ahead and break this down. He says, only let your, shall we say, lifestyle, your actions be as it becometh the gospel of Christ. So what's he saying in this first section here? He is saying that only let your actions, your lifestyle, your conduct be something that represents rightfully the gospel of Christ. So if I can put it in a uh, kind of a practical sense, he goes, make sure that your life is living real to the truths of the gospel of Christ. Now here's what it does not mean. It does not mean that you're really, really super spiritual. And I think we can look at that and that becomes um, a self-righteous attempt to be something. It's not that. It's not saying that you never have problems because you will. It's saying that to me, the idea of growing and being and walking with Christ and being spiritual, if we can use the term, is just decisions being made to follow Christ, to decide to follow Christ and adapting our life and the Word of God and things we've learned. So what you can do, though, is there are some who claim Christ, they claim Christianity, they might even go to church, but 
their life is not in line with the Word of God. And I'm not talking in line with the church point of view. Their life is not in line with the Word of God. They put on a front that looks good, but in reality, it's not true. So make your lifestyle, your conduct, be what that represents the gospel. Here, let me tell you some things that just that I think when we say representing the gospel, okay? The gospel is not... It's not, a, it's not a truth of guilt. It's not God guilting us to do something. It talks about freedom. It's salvation. It's sanctification. It's growth. Uh, so it's freedom. It's not guilt. It's not one that backbites. It's not a life of gossip. It's not a life of criticism. It's a life of freedom. It's a life of love one to another. It's a life of service to others. It's a life of commitment to Christ. These are just a few things that we can see in the area of gospel. Obedience to Jesus, things of that nature. These are the few things we can see that would be true of the gospel. This is not a, a church tradition or a standard. These are what the, God, what, the, what the Bible says, and we're following them. We're following the Word of God. So what he's saying is make it real. Uh, grow in Christ. Be real with your strengths and weaknesses. Uh, be genuine in it. Because then he says there's something else. Why is this important? He continues on with the next thing. He goes, that whether I come and see you or else be absent, he goes, I may hear of your affairs. There's a testimony in the gospel. There's a reality in the gospel, there's a testimony in the gospel. And what does that simply mean? This testimony, your actions are going to follow you. Your decisions will follow you, whether you know it or not, whether you believe it or not. You know, a lot of times we as Christians love to be very... I mean, let me rephrase that because I don't think we love to do it. We Christians can run into a negative of the human nature, and that is gossip, that is criticism, that is wanting to point out the failures of other people. And we look back and say, yeah, we love to look at what someone else is not doing well. Well, whether we know it or not, we're creating a testimony. We're creating a testimony of a gossiper. We're creating a testimony of a critic. That's not the gospel of Christ. We, but the key is important is our testimony screams a lot to the community. A lot of times the community doesn't want to be around the church because what they're hearing is not biblical. It, it sounds religious, but it's not the gospel. It's not loving Christ. It's a judgmental, critical position. And I hope, I hope that would not be said of us, but I understand what you see where I'm coming from. Uh, our testimony needs to be one that honors and glorifies Christ. And that testimony does not mean we need to be really, really perfect. I mean just the opposite. A self-righteous testimony that believes you've accomplished is the worst thing you can have for Jesus because the Bible says, let not a man think he stand, take heed lest he fall. So if we think we've accomplished something, we're on the edge of destruction. A testimony is one of reality. I'm not perfect, but I'm trying. I'm forgiven, and I'm trying to grow. I'm not judgmental. I, I'm not trying to make someone else be what I want. I'm just following Christ. That's what we should be looking for. I'm just trying to follow Christ. And, and it's a true testimony where when the world hears of us, they hear of a good testimony of us. We're, we're growing, we're not perfect, but we're trying to grow. So understand that our actions, our good actions and our bad actions, whether we like it or not, will be seen. Will be seen by God, will be seen by Satan, will be seen by the community. So let me ask you a question. Just evaluate this. In our actions towards each other and our actions towards the Word of God and obedience to Jesus, how do we feel our testimony is to the world? And I'm not talking to each other. To the unsaved world. What, is, what does it look like? How, how is our testimony? Because the gospel is so important that we should live in a way that points people to gospel, and our testimony should point people to gospel, because if we're not careful, it could point people away from that. So let's go continue on. As he says one more thing in the verse, he goes, whether I come and see you or be absent, when I hear of your fears, here's what I hope to hear. There's the reality of the gospel, genuine nature. There's a testimony of the gospel. Then there's the unity in the gospel. He says this, he goes, that ye stand fast in one spirit with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. There's three things that I think that he says when, we're, when that unity. He says, number one, ye stand fast. 
You are standing strong. You're not running away. You're not quitting when things get hard. You are standing strong. Please remember, uh, Paul's in jail for, for preaching the gospel of Christ. There's going to be persecution against this early church, and there was. And after, as Paul died, there are many more who still gave their life for the cause of Christ. So this is not a small thing that Paul is stating here. Stand fast, stand strong, do not quit. But not only are we standing strong, we're standing together. He said, I'm stand fast in one spirit. And in, he goes, fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together. So we're standing together. Now, please understand, we said something, I believe it was Wednesday. Unity is not uniformity. Unity is not even agreement. Unity is just a group of people with different opinions um, focused together under one purpose. And in this case, it's the purpose of the gospel of Christ. I was watching something the other day and doing some uh, teaching, uh, taking a session on the aspect of outreach and ministry and things of that nature. Uh, one of the guys was kind of giving the premise of what he was trying to teach. And I love this phrase. I thought it was great. Because a lot of times we see outreach and we see ministry as a way to fill the pew. He goes, have you ever considered that our responsibility is not to fill the church? Our responsibility is to fill heaven. Because we can fill the pew with family and, you know, maybe other Christians trying to get him in to fit out what I want. Our job is not to fill the pew. Our job is to make heaven full. That's the gospel. And if we can get, and the premise was, always get the main things the main things. It's not about me and my preference. It's about the gospel of Christ. So how, here's what we see. If our purpose is the gospel of Christ and seeing people get saved and filling heaven, that one, he goes, you're standing together in one spirit, the spirit of the gospel, with one mind, one purpose, striving together. What are we striving for? Well, then he says this, the faith of the gospel. Okay, you've got that you're standing, you're standing strong, and you're standing for the gospel. This is so much more important than standing for an opinion or standing for a preference, but you're standing for the gospel. There's nothing greater than that. This is the whole reason Paul's in jail. This is the whole reason that he has given his life since he was saved. This is what he's given his life to and has dealt great persecution and great physical pain as a result of this. And he says, this is my desire to you. That one, you, you, you live a life that enjoys the freedom of the gospel and that people see a reality that, you, that, that Jesus is in you. Two, you have a testimony that points people to the gospel. And three, you have a unity. Again, not uniformity. You're not adapting to a church. You're unity. You're, you're surrounded in all your differences and all your backgrounds, surrounded to this purpose, and that purpose is the gospel. You stand, you stand together, you stand for the gospel. May that be a goal. This week, this year, may that be one of the greatest goals we can have. And if, please understand, think, think about how this works. A couple lessons ago, we talked about a right perspective, okay? Then we talked about an eternal purpose. So if you have a right perspective and an eternal purpose, what are you going to have? You're going to have a spiritual production. You're going to have productivity in Christ. You're going to see the, God, the church go forward and your life grow and fruit produce and people come to Christ. If you're not seeing those, maybe it's because we're not coming together in that. But you can't have it without a, a singular goal. And I hope that that's our goal, that our singular goal is to get people into heaven and help us be that, that, that everything we do kind of focuses on that. And then discipling them, as, as the uh, Great Commission tells us to do. Well, I hope that's your drive. I hope that's your goal. And I hope it's a challenge today as we think about what it is the heart of God in our lives. Thanks again for joining us today as we start this week off together. Thanks for giving me the privilege to be part of your day. I hope this is a help. I hope it's an encouragement. I hope it inspires you to believe that God is doing something in your life and He's got a great purpose for you. Thanks for joining us today. And we hope you join us again tomorrow.